following podcast has not been rated. You're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fact. And here's your host, C.J. Newman. Hey, hey, hey. You're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fact. The Alliance of American Football has suspended operations and has folded up shop, ladies and gentlemen. So it sounds like over the past week, they uh, did not have the money that they needed in order to sustain operations. So uh, the main backer of the product has pulled his money out and said, no more. Can't handle this. Find somebody else. And of course, they were unable to. So it looks like the Alliance of American Football is no more. Well, what does that mean for the players of the Alliance of American Football? So over the past week, we've uh, seen a couple of developing stories come up uh, where the Alliance of American Football has said, it's okay, go ahead and sign these guys. The NFL said, whoa, whoa, hang on a minute, don't sign these guys. And then all of a sudden, it's okay to sign these guys. So uh, a couple people have been picked up by NFL teams. It looks like uh, Kansas City Chiefs has a new cornerback out of there. Um, I'm not really following too much on who's getting signed uh, from the Alliance of American Football league. Don't uh be offended by that but i really don't care to be quite honest with you i i watched the first two weeks of the season to be honest and it was interesting there was a lot of cool things that came about from it i liked the uh the kickoff rule i, I liked a couple of the other rules that they had in there some of the uh features such as the transparency of the judges who overruled the rulings on the field uh being able to actually see the the judges and uh, hear what they had to say was really nice and transparent and it was uh, really cool for them to do that but i doubt that we'll see a lot of these things in the nfl just because the nfl didn't come up with them so we'll see what happens uh, with the remainder of these people in the alliance of american football i'd expect to see a lot of these guys next year in the xfl to be quite honest so keep your eyes peeled see if anybody else gets uh picked up maybe trent richardson maybe johnny manziel who knows johnny manziel has been floated around a lot by his coach saying hey he didn't have much time with the team but he was a damn good player and a damn good uh, uh leader so give him a shot so we'll see what happens i'm hoping it's not the end for johnny manziel i'd like to see he's good for business no matter where he goes but uh hopefully his maturity is has really caught up and hopefully he's able to sustain himself as a quarterback in the nfl but we won't know until somebody actually gives him a shot uh this week has been pretty interesting. I actually had uh, Chef Chad come back on the show, and we talked a little bit about uh, where things are going in the NFL as far as free agency. There's not too many major players out there left in the free agency market, so we took the rankings and we decided we were going to try to put uh, each of the players on a different team in the NFL and see where the best fit would be if possible at all. So uh, I'm, I gave about an hour to Chad this week, so I'm not going to take too much more of your guys' time. I'm just going to go ahead and get into the 
uh, discussion with Chad, and we'll go ahead and play that. So once again, this is at Chef Chad Wells on Twitter. Go ahead and give him a listen. Go and give him a follow. And uh, guys, don't forget about the uh, podcast itself. Go and give us a follow. We have a new Twitter handle. It's at the Fapt on Twitter. Go ahead and follow that. Uh, give us a positive uh, feedback. Go ahead and subscribe, listen, uh, share with your friends. Please don't forget that we're trying to get this thing off the ground and trying to get as many people listening as possible, just so I can uh, get more people on the show uh, that have listened to this podcast in the past and hopefully we can just get more football knowledge flowing and get the cultures of all the different teams in the understanding of the basic common knowledge of everybody who is an NFL fan Uh, so without further ado Chad Wells but I'm going to give it to him anyway he goes by just the two names Chef Chad Chef how the hell are you I'm fucking awesome how are you today CJ uh, another day above ground I can't complain man uh, what's going on over there in uh, bumfuck Maryland I don't know I had off work today decided to spend the day getting my boat ready for the first fishing tournament of the year uh, I got to enjoy yesterday watching the Orioles uh, take a series from the Yankees which was a surprise to everybody but uh, I guess it's really no surprise that the Yankees still can't beat the Orioles but it's nice to see this that rebuilding team getting to do something and got to spend some time with my family the past two days oh uh, yeah two of the what 50 wins they're planning on getting this year right yep we got them now yeah let's let's get them out of the way early and then they could just lose for the rest of the season and get the number one overall pick yeah that's what it feels like is gonna happen but hey it was fun to watch they're pretty exciting to see right now yeah it was uh it was a shit show the first game but uh they started to pick it up in the uh the the two uh, remaining games of the series so i'm uh i'm excited to see what's going to happen but i i'm not too pleased with the pitching staff that we have right now but this is not a baseball show believe it or not ladies and gentlemen this is a football program it's called fullbacks are people too because that's what they are people too that's debatable well you know (laughs) <laughs> just kidding. So um, I've got a uh, agenda today. Let's just go ahead and talk about some of the news that's going on in the NFL right now. Uh, the, right before I actually connected with you, I got a notification from Bleacher Report talking about uh, C.J. Anderson, former uh, Rams running back and also former Broncos running back uh, fame. He is signed with the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Lions. Lord knows they need a running back. What do you think about that signing today? I actually think that was a good move. Um, CJ Anderson, he doesn't have the wear and tear of a lot of people. I mean, he was back when he was with Denver, um, you know, he was, he was pounding the ball a lot, but the past couple of years, he was what with the saints, I think um, before he was with uh, the Rams. And I mean, he didn't, I don't even think he had more than 10 touches before the end of the season with the Rams. And uh, he showed that he could still be a productive ball carrier. Uh, he can do a little bit of catching out of the backfield. Um, run game is something the Lions have needed to 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 have, period, for a long time. They, they have not really had much of a run game. But the way that division shaping up, you're going to have to be able to run the ball. I don't disagree, and I think it's a good signing by the Lions, to be quite honest with you. I think that uh, with the Rams last year, C.J. Anderson found his resurgence. I don't know what it says about Todd Gurley moving forward. Uh, I think Todd Gurley might have a bit of a shelf life considering his uh, arthritis in his knee. I'm not sure moving forward if he's going to live up to his contract or if he's going to have to retire early. But um, that's for the Rams to figure out, and the Lions have got a new running back moving forward, and uh, who knows? It might actually fit the scheme. I don't really know what their offensive scheme is out there in Detroit. It looks like they're leaning more towards the run, but um, 
there's there's a powerful one two punch out in Detroit now because they got that uh, one rookie last season who came on and started really doing pretty well for the team, and now they got C.J. Anderson. Uh, the rookie's name is escaping me, and I'll, I'll figure it out later. But uh, yeah, C.J. Anderson, he's also proven over the years that he can be pretty dynamic. Um, I'm just. You know, last last season, it was interesting how just towards the end of the year, out of the blue, um, you know, he started playing for Todd Gurley and they were doing a lot of they were doing a lot of talking about how Gurley was fine. Gurley was fine. And it turned into nothing but C.J. Anderson running the ball. And, and, you know, there's no issues with that. You know, that's what's going to happen. But um, I think he was with Carolina to, to start the season last year, if I if I recall. But I don't recall him ever doing anything with Carolina. Uh, he was with Carolina and then the Oakland Raiders and then the Raiders cut him and then he uh, went to L.A. not too far away. He was uh, back home with the Raiders. Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking he was with the Saints for some reason. But it was Carolina that he was with. Yeah, it was uh, he was. Let's see. Why did Carolina cut him? Must have had too much of a heavy uh, backfield. It was on November 12th that he got released, and then he got picked up on December 5th and released not even a week later by the Raiders. So uh, he ended up the season on uh, the, the L.A. Rams. I think it's honestly uh, he's he's not – He's not getting the just that he deserves. He was actually pretty damn good with Denver, in my opinion. Oh, he, he was filthy in Denver. I remember when he was with Denver, he was one of the top running backs in fantasy as well. He was somebody that was catching the ball out of the backfield. He was making plays down as a downhill runner. But like I said, the past couple of seasons, he hasn't had the wear and tear on his body that a lot of these running backs have had. So for the Lions, they might have gotten a running back who was able to extend his career a little bit and be able to make some plays. And we're going to see how that turns out because Lord knows ever since uh, Barry Sanders left the team, it's it's been void of a run game ever since. Yeah, they've been void of a lot of things. They kind of suck. Yeah, they, they've been void of uh, victories and uh, well, they've been void of points. They've been a pretty offensive team. They've been void of a defense. I can tell you that they've been void. They've been void of coaching during the Caldwell era. Mm, yeah. Now they just got the guy with a really thick beard and the pencil in his ear. Yeah, they, hey, they beat the Patriots last year, so that, I guess that was like a Super Bowl to them. That was impressive. I have to give them that. I was uh, quite impressed. Um, so moving forward, there is uh, other news in the NFL right now. Duke Johnson has asked to be traded from the Cleveland Browns to another team, obviously. He was uh, – just a couple seasons ago, he was the starter for the Cleveland Browns, and now he's being buried on the depth chart with uh, Kareem Hunt being signed to the team and them having Nick Chubb. There really isn't too much of a space for him. He could be the the um, third string running back and possibly contribute on special teams. But honestly, I've never seen him as a special teams player. So moving forward, is there a place for, in Cleveland for Duke Johnson and will he get his trade honored? Um, I don't think that they're going to trade him. Um, I think it would be in their best interest to do so just because of the fact that, uh, you know, they don't have Kareem Hunt for what is it? Eight games. Um, I don't know if that's being appealed or anything of that nature is happening, but um you know, an interesting thought here, man, is, you know, he might be a very good fit with the Rams and the Rams are going to need a number two at this point because we don't know what's going to happen with Todd Gurley and Anderson is gone. Um, Duke Johnson, he can definitely catch the ball, which is one of the things that would has made Todd Gurley so, so good over the years is that he's been able to not only be a threat just having the ball handed off, but he can catch and make plays as well. 
He's in the second year of his contract extension. He got uh, signed a three-year, $15.6 million contract extension. So I'm just wondering, A, why did the Browns think about that? And, and well, I mean, they are, they are the Browns, so that's probably why they did that. And, B, are they going to dump him so early in this contract? Because this is only the second year now. Yeah, I mean, I think the Browns, though, they're a team that's in a they're clearly a team that's in a really, really big transition. And I think when they gave him that extension, you know, he clearly was a good he is a good player. Um, I think they gave him that extension, not really knowing what they had yet. You know, they had just went through a massive overhaul with uh, management. Um, and, you know, I, I think right now the days of the Browns being the Browns are pretty much over. I think Dorsey has closed the door on that. So, you know, I think that it would be in their best interest to like to quote Mike Tomlin, which is horrible to say you want volunteers. You don't want hostages on your team. And I think that um, if they want to hold him hostage over his contract, I don't think that's going to be to their benefit, especially when they're going to have, you know, halfway through the season, they're going to have Kareem Hunt coming in there. And that's going to be an interesting, interesting to see, too, to see who gets the workload between Kareem Hunt and Chubb. I mean, I think uh, Kareem Hunt is clearly the better back, but we're going to see what happens when about a year of not playing football catches up with him. Lord knows it's going to be a pretty run heavy team unless it's not. I mean, (coughs) They've now got OBJ on the team, so who knows what's going to happen moving forward. They could possibly be a run and a pass team. Who knows? It could be very dynamic, but they've got a quarterback that can run, too. Yeah, and they've uh, they've got Freddie Goddamn Kitchens. So who knows? I still don't know who he is. I've been I've been trying to figure out who the fuck Freddie Kitchens is uh, ever since I heard that he was going to be their head coach or prefer. You know, I'm a chef, so the word Kitchens comes naturally to me, and I still don't know who the fuck he is. You know, you're not the only one who says that. So I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to defer on this one to some of the other fans of the FAPT out there who obviously are big fanboys of his and and Baker Mayfield's. But uh, I. Still Still, at this point, I'm still trying to figure out who the fuck Freddie Kitchens is. Yeah, man. You know what? And I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I'll eat shit over uh, Baker Mayfield. I don't know what he's going to do this year. I laughed when they drafted him. I did not think he was going to be what he is. Um, I, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he's the best quarterback in the AFC North at this point. And, um, you know, that's going to be interesting to see this year now that he's got – he has some very legit weapons on that team. And on paper, they've won every game. However, you know, we've seen the Browns have a lot of talent in the past. And we've seen a lot of talent get wasted. You know, I'm not convinced that Freddie Kitchens is going to be a top caliber coach in the NFL. Um, That's yet to be seen because clearly I don't know who the fuck he is, but he um, he clearly has a rapport with Baker Mayfield that has been it was important enough for them to promote him from being an offensive coordinator to a head coach. And um, I think that speaks volumes. And now with the additions of like Kareem Hunt and OBJ, I mean, I think that they're going to be a very, very dangerous team. And you have uh, Joku, which I don't know if you remember with him coming out of the draft, that was saying that he has potential to be one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And I think he's definitely uh, with Gronk gone. (laughs) I think he's definitely going to be in that conversation now that he's being utilized on that team. Don't disagree. I think they've got weapons galore there. The defense is starting to stack up a little bit. They've got uh, Miles Garrett there. They traded for a defensive end, a pass rusher. They've uh, they, they got rid of their safety and. Um, who who knows what's going to happen this this offseason as far as the draft is concerned? I would think they they're going to go defensive heavy, but that's just me. I think they uh, either that or offensive line because they everybody they need, needs help. They need a center. And you know that that sounds familiar right about now. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> and there's one really good one in the draft too out of uh, NC State. Um, I just don't know how far back the guy's going to fall. 
we're going to see though how that uh, shakes out. Centers typically don't go that high. Uh, I can't remember the last time I saw a top ten center. Maybe um, Travis Frederick, I think, was the li- the last high center to go. Yeah, that's a, that's the last one that I can recall. But right now, man, it seems like O linemen uh, they're they're in high demand right now. Um, so you know, you never know when you get a couple good ones that are first first round caliber, they're going to get taken. I mean, a lot of teams. Uh, let, let's look at what the Cowboys did. The Cowboys for several years laid a blueprint by drafting offensive line heavy, and look what they had. You know, they squandered it. But I want to say it was like Romo's last season with them. Uh, and Prescott's first season, their their offensive line was out of this world, and they were able to do a lot of things with some poor talent because of how good their defense, their uh, offensive line was. So I think that we're going to see this season. I think there's going to be one or two guys that pop up in the draft that are going to be ridiculous. So I, I think that there's going to be a fight for that center, and I think the best one, his name kind of escapes me at the moment, was the kid out of NC State uh, who also ran like a ridiculous forty time for a center is yeah, this ringing about you not at all but uh anybody who runs a ridiculous 40 time for a uh, offensive lineman that's yes i'm i'm pulling it up um i'm gonna pull it up right now because it's an interesting story i think this is riveting podcast work right now yeah we we clearly do our research yes while you're doing that um so Duke Johnson asking to be traded. OBJ had his uh, his press conference today. Did you actually get a look at that today? No, I did not. So I, I got some uh, cliff notes on it. I didn't actually get a chance to sit down and watch it. But apparently, like, everybody and their mother attended the damn thing. So Baker Mayfield was there, and uh, Jarvis Landry apparently cried when it happened. He's like, oh, my God, my buddy's going to be coming to the team. It's so awesome, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Freddie Goddamn Kitchens was there, so... <laughs> Um, so outside, what you're telling me is outside of Cleveland, no one gave a fuck. Uh, you know, there's some people out there who know who Freddie goddamn kitchens is and, uh, they, they give a fuck. But, uh, other than that, no, no, nobody really gave a fuck. So the center I was talking about, his name is Garrett Bradbury. That's a hell he's of a, a name. He's a senior out of North, out of NC state. He is six, three, 306 pounds and ran a 4.9240. Jesus, are you kidding me? Most goddamn most offensive linemen are like five in the. Well, considering 40. that I would run like a seven three nine forty, and I'm not in shape and not anywhere near as big as this guy, I think that's somewhat impressive. It shows that he's probably physical. He had a, uh, hold on, these are these he had thirty four reps uh, with the bench press. He had a thirty one inch vertical jump and hundred and four inch broad jump. Uh, his three cone drill was 7.41 seconds. His 20 yard shuttle was 4.53 seconds. So the guy's an athlete. Um, I don't know if he's tough and nasty, which it may be more important as a center. Um, but I think that he's going to have to be in the conversation of the best center in the draft. And I think he's going to, his name's going to come up early. Got to be able to run block. That's for sure. That, that is a much heavier thing to do than pass. Pro- Actually, you know what? No, it's not. Pass protection is much more heavier to do because you got to back up and you got to push people back. But uh, a lot of the offensive linemen prefer to do run blocking, believe it or not. Yes, they do. So, um, Speaking of the 40, you know, uh, Joe actually invented that, and he uh, he came up to me once, and he said, uh, you want to see me run the 40? I said, yes. He said, do you want to see me do it again? Really? It happened that fast? It was that fast. 
Yeah, that's unbelievable. Nobody on this podcast is going to understand that, but uh, no. <laughs> Insider joke, folks. Sorry about that. We, we got to get Joe on here one day. It'll happen um, eventually. Maybe we should do one live from uh, uh, Alice's one night or something like that. Should I, should we call his people? Or do you think his people are too busy booking things like creating humanity and uh, writing NFL scripts? I'm so glad he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk to him next time I see him out to see if he wants to jump on and uh, do a podcast with us. This guy, uh, Joe invented everything that, uh, ever existed. So moving he kicked, forward, he kicked, he kicked a touchdown one time. Yeah. He, he kicked a touchdown and then he, uh, ran for a home run. Yeah. He punted a home run too. Yeah. I've seen him do it. He's, All right, so you want you want to get into you want to get into some of these free agents that are left. There's a lot of irrelevant players that we need to discuss. There really is. So uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, getting a lead in here, we uh, Chad and I have decided that we're going to take a look at the list of the top ten uh, free agent players that are available still in the NFL and decide where we could possibly place them in uh, the NFL as far as different teams and i gotta be honest with you chad uh i I placed seven out of the top 10 and then i put three on the retirement list yeah there's a there's one i have i have some on the retirement list i have some that um i have placed i have a couple that are past the top 20 that i think are are kind of inappropriately placed um and then there's some people that that uh, we could get into there a little bit further down. It could be a steal here and there. There's some people that I don't even know why they're on this list, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, Des Bryant is in the top 50. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I thought um, that I, honestly, he was going to have his contract toll with the uh, Saints after he got signed last year, but apparently that's not going to happen. They don't want him. It makes sense. I mean, the, the dude got on the practice field and then tore his leg up and, well, you know, I don't I don't think that Marshawn Lynch should be in the top 25. I mean, I just I don't think he's any. I think there's no there's no gas left in his tank. The dude is retired once. And honestly, he should probably retire again. Um, There's there's one player that I think is kind of a little bit of a travesty being ranked so low. Um, I think it may be because not a lot of people know much about him because of his injury history. But ranked at number 34 is Brent Urban. Um, I don't know if you got to look at that. Brent Urban, I think uh, he's a, a three, four defensive end. Um, I think he's got a lot of football in him if he can stay healthy. Um, I think he's a proven commodity as a playmaker as well. Um, you know, he was showing up for Baltimore last season. And of course, he gets hurt again. Um, but his durability has been a massive question. But he's the type of guy that if he's healthy and somebody kicks the tires on him, he could prove to be a very good player. I don't disagree. He's honestly been very uh helpful on the team. We do a lot of rotations here in Baltimore. So um, not every player is a every down uh, defensive end or defensive player. So we rotate people out a lot. And honestly, every time that Brent Urban's been on the field, he's been very helpful. And I don't know if you remember this, but the first night they actually played in the NFL was a game against Cleveland and he blocked a kick return and caused a kick six. If you recall that. Yep. I remember that well. So um, that was his uh, coming out party. And ever since then, he's actually not been bad. He's 28 years old. So who was it who returned that kick? Was it Will Hill? It was Will Hill. Will Hill thrilled me, as John Gruden said. (laughs) Um, Did you notice who was right above Brent Urban in the rankings there? Uh, Ryan Grant. Remember how he got a deal with Baltimore last year? And then all of a sudden got a physical failure. Yeah. And he 
failed his physical, went to Indianapolis. I don't think he did anything there. You know, believe it or not, when the, when the Ravens made that move last year, I, it was a head scratcher for sure. But oh, yeah. I will say this. He's he, he had consistent hands when he was in Washington. Um, he was a guy that didn't get targeted a lot, um, but he made his targets count. Um, but I, I think that he's he's not very fast. He does run clean routes, um, but he's also not very physical. So it was one of those things where, you know, at this point, honestly, he might have been a better move than Michael Crabtree. Yeah, uh, he's got to be faster than Crabtree. And, and we'll actually he's number 10. So do you want to yeah, just go ahead and start at number 10? You want to go number 10 and work our way backwards? That's what I'm thinking. All right, cool. Let's start with Michael Crabtree. Can I, do you mind if I start this one? You have at it. I don't think he's going to get signed by anybody. I don't um, I think that Michael Crabtree would be better off hanging it up and retiring. I don't think he's going to. Um, I think that he's going to be one of those guys that somewhere kind of like what the Saints did with Des Bryant, maybe midseason, somebody might try to see what he has. Um, you know, the guy has had issues catching the ball over the year, but he's been a proven red zone threat for a very long time, especially in Oakland. However, he wasn't that anymore either. And, you know, was that Joe Flacco? I don't know. But the guy cannot catch the ball. And you can't – in this league at this point, you can't be a receiver who can't catch. And he's also – he is slow as fuck. Mm-hmm. And slow as fuck is an actual scientific term for really fucking slow. The guy's slow as fuck. I don't know any other way to put it. He's slow. He doesn't run routes. He's soft. And he can't catch. I mean, I don't know what he brings to the table at this point. You know, I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying, and I've come up with a paragraph for everybody in the top 10. So uh, let me go ahead and read off what I've put from Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree needs to go to a team that needs a 31-year-old receiver that is very slow and drops the ball a lot. I heard that the XFL is looking for talent when they start next season, and I feel it would be an honor for Crabtree to be one of the first players to be cut from that roster or one of those teams. Crabtree needs to hang it up at this point or severely change the player that he is in order to be effective as a player in the NFL. He's made enough money in the NFL to retire, and perhaps it is time for him to do that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all, except for the fact that I don't think that uh, anybody in the XFL would even want him. Eh, you never know. Uh, there's a Washington team there. And they, they they always love shitty teams or shitty players. So <laughs> are uh, they going to have a racist name too? Probably, and they'll dig their heels into the dirt about it too, and they won't change. <laughs> All right, Austin Safarian Jenkins is up next. Do you want to go, or do you want me to go? Sure. I think that Austin Safarian Jenkins. Um, just my thoughts on him. Um, you know, he's been with Jacksonville. I I think he's kind of underachieved. I, I think he had potential to be a good tight end in the league. Um, He does have decent hands. He can run a little bit. He is a decent blocker. Um, I don't think he's, you know, I I wouldn't call him a top tier. The team that I think is going to go after him right now is the new England Patriots. I think the New England Patriots could give him he, – he could play pretty well. He's got gas in a tank. He's 26 years old. Um, he hasn't taken a, an extreme beating, but they need a tight end. Um, they are constantly a revolving door at tight end, and now Gronk is retired. Um, if, Gron- is, if Gronk is going to make a comeback some point in the season is yet to be seen, I'm on, kind of in the camp that believes that he will. Um but I think Austin Safarian Jenkins would be a good fit there just because they need a tight end that's serviceable. I think that he's one that's beyond serviceable. And I think that, you know, there was weren't they weren't they uh, making a play for Jared Cook? 
They were, and then they signed with the Saints. And I, I fucking hate you right now because I'm going to go ahead and read my response. Okay. Austin Severian Jenkins is a good blocker and a good option to tight end. He is 26 years old and coming off a year where he was placed on IR for an aggravated core muscle injury. The Jaguars def- declined his option. Thus, Austin is an unrestricted free agent on the market right now. You know who needs a tight end? The fucking Patriots, obviously. Gronk retired, and they let Dwayne Allen go. The Patriots are not drafting high enough to get a a stud in the first round and would have to rely on the later rounds to find a replacement for Gronk. But until then, the Patriots could use some of their limited $17 million salary cap space to bring this guy on for a year or two to research his career as a pass catcher and a blocker in the NFL. Great mind, CJ. I'm telling you, you fucking took away my thunder. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think we're both on the same page there. There's definitely a void now. They got rid of their top two uh, depth chart as far as the tight end. Not necessarily got rid of, but one retired and then they got rid of the other. Yeah, they're they definitely need help there. And we know that they love they love, love, love tight ends in New England. Um you know, and and they really don't have a whole lot else at this point. So um, I think with with Brady, every season we have to have the discussion. Is this his last one? We got to have that discussion again. They're going to want to make sure they load him up with weapons and anybody they can that's serviceable. Um, you know, a serviceable player means to New England means a player that they can cheat and make better. Uh, I think he fits the bill there. Uh, definitely. So um, if he's willing to conform and keep his mouth shut and be a cheater, then he's definitely the New England way. Exactly. All right. Moving on on to number eight. Timmy Jernigan. Uh, this name sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I I like Timmy Jernigan. I think Timmy Jernigan's a great player. Um, he can still get to the quarterback if he needs to. He's good in run uh, and run defense. Um Trying to figure out where he's going to land is a tough, um, is a tough, a tough call. What What are your thoughts here? All right. Timmy Jernigan had back surgery in 2018 that made him miss most of the season last year. He was activated on the Philadelphia Eagles roster on November 20th and started three games for the team. The Eagles declined his option on his contract and allowed Jernigan to hit free agency as unrestricted. Uh, He had 15.5 sacks, one forced fumble and an interception. How the hell does a defensive tackle get an interception? But whatever. Uh, What Tim has going on for him as young as age is uh, 26 years old and should be eligible to try for any team that he wants to. He's much better in the 3-4 than he is in the 4-3, which was his problem when he came over to Philadelphia. Uh, He proved in his uh, limited time in Baltimore that he's much better in the 3-4 than he is in the 4-3. Any team in Florida right now should consider trying to bring him on, but specifically the Miami Dolphins at this point. They traded away and released anybody they had on the team. And they need help in almost every position. At almost forty million in cap space, they certainly can afford to bring Timmy on as a veteran minimum, or even beyond that. I mean, this team is uh, purposely tanking this year, so why not take a chance on somebody that could be helpful beyond this year? Um, I see. I disagree with you there. Um, I think Timmy Jernigan is too good of a player. Um, to say that he's going to turn around and sign with somebody that sucks like Miami, um, you know, where I would like to see him go or where I think he'd be a great fit is the Kansas city chiefs. Um, the chiefs, you know, they lost Justin Houston um, this year. They really struggled to stop the run both at home and on the road. Um, they could however, get to the quarterback, but a lot of that had to do with Justin Houston, who's now not with the team. Um, and I D think, Ford. yeah. And D Ford as well. And I, I think that, uh, 
I think Tim Jernigan could go a long way there. I know they have a little bit of wiggle room in the cap to play with. And I think I would like to see him play for a good team. Uh, I don't know what the Chiefs, what they're going to be this year. It's kind of crazy because they did have a lot of turnover. Uh, now there's all the talk about trading Tyreek Hill, which I, I think that's bullshit. But he could have some discipline stuff coming his way now. Um, that guy's a fucking scumbag, by the way. Um, I hope so, it's not true. That's all I got to say. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to, for me, it would be hard to say that it's not true just because of his history, man. Like he was one of those guys that had so much talent that, you know, you look at him when he was, when the draft came up and you were like, I hope to God, nobody touches this fucking guy just because he's a disaster before then, you know, like he choked and choked and beat his pregnant fiance before the draft came up. You know, he ended up getting drafted anyway. And now all of a sudden the, the, the word on the street is that he broke his three-year-old kid's arm. You know, the, the guy is a fucking piece of shit. Like, you know, any way you look at it, I, I'm sorry to pass judgment like that, but the guy's got a history of being like that. To me, it's just, it's not a good thing. I don't know about his upbringing. I don't know any of those things, but he's, he's an NFL player who gets an opportunity that none of us get to make a lot of money. And, you know, he could break, he had the opportunity to break a cycle that maybe he was brought up in and he's not doing a very good job of it. Does the name Lawrence Phillips ring a bell to you? Yes. So uh, does this sound familiar at all? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. So a guy who just could not keep himself out of trouble and uh, got every chance beyond chance just because of his athletic ability. Uh, it's it's a damn shame. Where is he now? Uh, dead. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I hate to say that a lot of things lead to lead down that path, but Tyreek Hill, man, the guy's a fucking asshole, you know, at this point. And, you know, I hope that's not true, what they're saying about him, but the likelihood of him not playing in the NFL due to some sort of disciplinary action over this latest incident is high, I think. And, you know, it might not happen this year, but... You know, the Chiefs are, are a very resilient team with or without him. You know, they, they showed they could still win a lot of games without Kareem Hunt, too. So I think Jernigan would be a great fit with them. And I think that that's something that if that if that happens, it would be a good move. I don't disagree with your uh, opinion on Timmy Jernigan going to the because uh, they definitely need some help over in Kansas City. But I've got somebody else reserved for Kansas City right now that can uh, also get to the quarterback. And we'll talk about that a little later. But uh, they definitely need help at the very least on the defensive line in the front seven at the very least. Yes, they need something because they've they've lost all their pass rush. They never really had anybody to go up the middle. And I don't trust any of their inside linebackers. No, me either. So we're going to see what happens with that uh, this offseason. I'm sure in the draft they're going to go for uh, defensive players. I, at least I would hope they would at this point. They do not need any help on the offense with Patrick Mahomes there. So God only knows. I, I would think that your head's on a swivel if you don't pick a defensive player in the draft if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I think they should pick a defensive player in their first three rounds, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, that would make a lot of sense. So um, my next uh, lineup here, according to the top 10, it looks like Jamie Collins is at number seven. That guy, man. So he was the product of he had some good seasons in New England. And then Bill Belichick gave him the middle finger and traded into the Browns for nothing. And yeah, all he has he not wouldn't produced. And he's not produced. I think we're on the same page here. Um, I'll go ahead and read what I had to say. 
Uh, Jamie Collins had a horrifying season with the Cleveland Browns last time he played. He was ranked 82nd out of qualifying linebackers by Pro Football Focus. Collins is approaching 30 this season, and this last season with the Browns did not help his case for being signed with another team after he was dumped like hot garbage. I believe that Jamie is done in the NFL, and we should expect his resignation slash retirement after a full season of not being signed or even tried out by a single NFL team. Um, I disagree. Really? Um, yes, I do not. I don't see him retiring. I think that he's going to be another Des Bryant case. Um, he's 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 not the type of guy that seems to really give a fuck about football, but he does care about money. Um, so I think that what we're going to see is I have a, a strong suspicion that we're going to see him land in Oakland. Hmm. Oakland, Oakland needs a lot, a lot, a lot of help on defense. Um, and it would not shock me to see him land in Oakland. And, you know, Gr- Gruden is known for taking some of these old players. And, you know, Jamie Collins, while he's not that old, he's 29 years old. But it's not going to shock me to see him at least get a try out in Oakland, at least go out there chasing some money. But he may be arrogant enough to not go there knowing that, at this point in his career, he may be depth. Yeah, the Oakland Raiders do love their veterans. They hate rookies, at least from the John Gruden perspective. So um, I could see that being a fit, but I don't see them extending the reach at this point. I don't think the Oakland Raiders are going to reach out to them. But uh, that's just my perspective. Sometimes on these agents reach out to the teams, though. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, Gruden just might be like, eh, I don't know, buddy. I'm <laughs> horrible with Gruden. But um, yeah, uh, I'll agree to disagree with you on that one. Uh, I think Collins, he's my second one in this list that's going to be done. Uh, I've got three altogether. How many do you have being done in the top I 10? Have, I have two. Just two? Okay. Yep. All right, that's fair enough. Um, Next on the list, number six, Trey Boston. You mind if I take this one? Have at it. Uh, don't know much about the player. Um, I'll admit that I, I didn't do a lot of research on him. Um, I do know that he was with Carolina in 2014. Uh, and I played for the chargers as well as the Cardinals. Um, I think he's going to the Cleveland Browns and I think that they would be crazy to not take a stab at him. Uh, they need a veteran presence and safety on that team. Uh, what are your thoughts? You stooged off my list. Did not. All right. Trey Boston has been a free safety most of his career and had a decent season last year, as anyone on the Arizona Cardinals could. The Cardinals were overall gross under Steve Wilkes last season, and it showed. Trey had 79 tackles, nine pass deflections, three interceptions, and a forced fumble to his record with the Cards. Unless this team drafts a starting caliber safety, I would say the Cleveland Browns should sign Trey Boston. The team has 30th in overall defense last year and currently has $34 million in cap space. After trading Jabril Preppers, who hasn't even seen the field on most passing downs, I would say that the team is void of free safety, and this is effective at the moment. I believe he is 27. Boston still has something left to take and something to prove. Look for the Browns to throw a one-year prove-it deal out to Trey Boston this offseason. Couldn't agree more. The only thing on that I disagree with, I think they'll try to lock him down for a couple of seasons. Um, But again, you know, there could be something coming out of left field, but the fact that he's still sitting there, 
I do not think he's the best safety. However, I think he is the the one that is um, the most surefire bet. The other safety on this list is um, unfortunately uh, is with the injury bug, but he's um, one of the better safeties in the league. But I, I, he's on my retirement list, and we'll get to him when, when he comes. But I think Trey Boston will be a good move for the Cleveland Browns. I'm glad we're both on the same page. So, so far we've got, uh, we agree on Austin Severian Jenkins and Trey Boston. That's pretty surprising. I mean, we did yep. not talk about this beforehand. Nope. And I did my research like a half hour before we did this. Yeah. I, I just put two and two together as far as I, I don't know how you did it, but I pulled up the statistics for last year's NFL team stats. And I just looked at how the defense ranked as far as defensive players. And, um, how many overall yardage and whatnot for each team they had. Yeah. And, and I looked at where, if what teams that what they lost in free agency, what they lost via trade and what they needed most, you know, we watch the AFC North. So we know quite a bit about what the teams are doing there. And I can't think of a team that's more safety needy right now than, um, than the Cleveland Browns, except maybe the green Bay Packers need a safety pretty badly too. And they got rid of haha. So they're, they're in that market as well. Well, you're going to disagree with my next uh, overall perspective, and I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. Uh, Nick Perry is on the list next at number five. I don't get why. I think Nick Perry's career is honestly over. He wasn't too productive in Green Bay and had a hard time staying on the field. He never played in 16 games in his seven-year career and had recorded single-digit sack numbers for all his years except for 2016. Very low single-digit numbers at that, by the way. I wouldn't expect anyone to sign Nick Perry this offseason and would expect a retirement announcement within the next year. Um, I agree with you, actually. Um, He's... He was my he's one of my two retirement guys. Um, I think he might hang around looking for a team, but I don't see anybody signing him. I don't think he's somebody that's worth making payments to at this point because he's never, never lived up to expectations. He's never uh, been in good health. He's never been able to complete a season. And I just don't think he's worth uh, worth anybody making a splash with him. Um, I also don't understand why he's ranked in the top 10. Yeah, I, I don't get it. He's not that great of a pass rusher. I remember when he was drafted in Green Bay and I was just like, OK, he could be something. And then I watched his career over the first two years. I'm like, no, there, there's nothing there. Yeah. And, a lot, and, you know, a lot of it, too, could have had to do with Green Bay because Green Bay has just been awful at defense for years and years. And, um, you know, part of it could have been the system. I'm not sure. But at this point, I don't think that we're going to get anything else out of a linebacker who's going to be 30 years old this year who has never been able to complete a season due to health. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I think Nick Perry is going to be uh, sorely disappointed when he, he looks at his phone this offseason. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be disappointed if I were him because he's probably got enough money uh, to to live a good life without ever having to play football again. Well, hopefully he didn't. Terrell Owens that money and hopefully he saved it. Yeah. So I want to move on to number four, uh, which would be uh, inside linebacker Zach Brown. CJ, my thoughts here. I think that he's good. I think that honestly, he might have even been better than CJ Mosley uh, in certain situations, which is why I'm going to say that I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to go after Zach Brown. I, you know, we did not talk about this ahead of time. All right. So um, Zach Brown was released from his three-year contract with the Redskins after the season ended. He was ranked third best at linebacker position by Pro Football Focus during that season. He recorded 11 tackles in one game during the season and was a starter for 12 games. 
on a team that lost their star inside linebacker, I would say look to the Baltimore Ravens for the landing spot for Zach Brown. The team is currently sitting on over $15 million in cap space, and they are relying on Patrick Wansar and Kenny Young. Kenny Young. To fill that void that CJ Mosley left behind. The team consistently rotated Young and Peanut out last year because they couldn't settle on who would be the number two behind Mosley. This was because they were not convinced that either was ready to be an NFL starter. Now you expect these two to be an every down inside linebacker for the Ravens? Sign me up for Brown yesterday. Here's my thought. Um, I agree with you on all of it, except for I think that Kenny Young is going to be the inside linebacker of the future for the Baltimore Ravens. Possibly. I think he's I think he's athletic. He's fast. He um, he is good in coverage situations. He makes some boneheaded moves, but he was a rookie. You know, we don't you can't expect a whole lot out of that. Um, however, Zach Brown provides a veteran presence, what they're definitely going to need. Zach Brown can cover over the middle, which we're definitely going to need. Um, he can cover tight ends. Um, he can stop the run. He can he can do everything that an inside linebacker can do. And I think if you put him into the system that the Baltimore Ravens are currently running, I think he could be one of the best, if not the best linebacker in the league. Strong possibility. Um, I just by watching what I saw last year, Kenny Young is pretty raw at this point. Um he could very well develop into the next inside linebacker star of this team. Very possible. But from what I saw last year, he's not ready yet. He's not yet. And that's why I put in a veteran in front of him. If they could get Zach Brown on, let's say, even a two or three year contract, keep Kenny Young as fresh as possible, but get him as many reps as you can in the same process. Um, I liked when they put Kenny Young in there. The only thing that scares me about him is he plays recklessly, um, which is high risk, high reward. Um, you know, he's the type of guy who 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 plays with his whole body, which is something that Mosley did not do. Um, I think Kenny Young can cover when he needs to also, which has been something the Baltimore Ravens are lacking in the middle for a couple of seasons now. And it's something that we've been, uh, that other teams have used to exploit the Ravens. Um, I think Zach Brown would end that. I, I really, really do. And especially with the secondary, with what the Ravens have on paper, if they can get somebody that can cover the middle of the field, I think the Ravens defense could be even more of a problem than they were for teams last year. He would be the Daryl Smith to the young CJ Mosley at this point. Yep. So with that said, I think you already spilled your hand a little bit on the next one. Um, Eric Berry comes in at number three. I'm going to go ahead and start off because I know you consider yep. him to be ready to retire. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and say Eric Berry to the Cowboys makes a lot of sense. A team needs help on defense, and they weren't able to get Earl Thomas, so why not take a chance on a one-year prove-it deal with Berry? He instantly helps out a secondary when it help, when he's healthy. Hopefully his injury days are behind him, and he's able to stay healthy for 16-plus games. The Cowboys are currently sitting on $13 million in salary cap space and have yet to pay their quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or edge rusher. So they've got the... Uh, They've got potential to wiggle around in the salary cap, but they've got to do it now. Um, I mean, I could see that happening, but I got to disagree with you here. I think that it's time for Eric Berry to hang it up. Um, I think Eric Berry is an amazing story. I think that he seems from what we know of him, he seems like he's an awesome person. He's an awesome presence on the field. He's a leader. Um, he's 30 years old. I mean, the guy has battled everything from cancer to uh, shoulder problems to Achilles problems to ACL and MCL problems. I think the guy has only played what three games or four games in the past two years. Um, I, I think that he is done. I think if he signs another contract, 
it's going to be one, a one day contract with the chiefs to hang it up and retire a chief. I would like to see him do that. Um, I think Eric Berry is a great player, a great safety. I think he's the best, you know, barring all of the injury problems with him. I think he's the best safety on this list. He's consistently been one of the better safeties in the league, but I think it's time for him to hang it up. Uh, I can see where you're coming from on that, but I still think that if he can stay healthy, there's still something left in the tank. But um, I just don't see him being able to stay healthy at this point. And I think that I think that if he if if teams believe that he did didn't have health concerns going forward, I think that he would have already been signed. And I think the fact that he hasn't been, I, I just see the only team that would sign him, in my opinion, at this point, is somebody absolutely desperate, and he becomes desperate and does it for cheap, or the Chiefs sign him back at a really, really low rate or a retirement contract. But I, I think for him, I think it's time for him to call it a day. I think it would be an embarrassment if a team pays him a lot of money and finds out that he comes out and plays two more games. Um, I think it's just, I think his career is at the end. Nobody's more desperate than Jerry Jones. Just keep that in mind. It's true. But at the same time, he's not going to play. And they just resigned. They just resigned that, uh, was it Lee and the Cowboys who's hurt all the fucking time? They re-signed Sean Lee. I, I didn't even. Oh God, really? I think they did. I could be wrong about that, but uh, I'm pretty sure they did. And uh, you know, I, I just I feel like he's a liability if any team were to bring him on. And At you know, I hate retiring. to I hate to say that about any player, but who is? Oh, I'm sorry. Returning. He's returning for his ninth season this year. Sean Lee. Yes. Yes, and he'll be hurt. Probably. If the guy eats breakfast, he's getting injured. Good possibility. And I feel the same way about Eric Berry. That sucks. It does, man. I really like Eric Berry. I do, too. I think, like I said, he's a great story. Seems like he's an awesome person. He was a great player, and, and he got dealt a shitty hand in life. And, um... But the guy, the guy, it's it's just every once in a while, man, it's hard for a player to call it quits. I mean, we're seeing that happen with Terrell Suggs right now. Terrell Suggs has been done for two years and the guy's refusing to call it quits. I think that might have been one of the worst moves any team made in the entire offseason was to sign Terrell Suggs for a two year contract. Yeah, that's uh, and honestly, I think it was a dick move by Suggs to do that uh, deal. It's considering we were willing to give him the same amount of money to stay here in Baltimore. Yeah, you know what? I've not seen any reports that say the amount of money the Ravens offered him. However, you know, I can't fault the guy. Um, you know, how old is Terrell Suggs? He's my age, right? Yeah, he's pretty fucking old. Yeah, so he's fucking old. But, like, you know, I'm going to be 38 in a couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure me and Terrell Suggs are the same age. He might be a year younger, a year older. I feel like as you get older, man, like, he might really want to just go home at the end of the day. And... I don't, fault him. I, I don't fault him for wanting to do that. You know, it's a lot of spend, having to spend half the year in, in Baltimore and the other half the year in Arizona when you could just play in Arizona, make the same money and go home to your family at the end of the day. And we all bleach know, on them. Yeah, poor bleach down their throats. <laughs> um, we all we all know he's retiring a Raven. And, and, right. Like, am I wrong in saying that? Uh, he fucking better. That's all I know. If he goes to Arizona and retires a fucking Cardinal, I will I will shove this microphone up my ass on camera. 
because it's never going to happen. Like he's going to retire or he's going to retire a Raven. He is a hall of famer. You know, all of those things are going to happen. You know, I, I just hate to see players at the, in the twilight of their career, leave the team that they played their whole career with and not do well. So I hope Terrell Suggs comes out and makes an impact, but I don't even think he cares to over there. You know, we watched Ed Reed do that. That was sad, man. Like it felt, I felt bad for that guy. Um, you know, and we, we're going to see the same thing. We're going to see the same thing happen with Terrell Suggs because I mean, we saw this year, you can only have the guy on the, on the, on the field for maybe a quarter of the snaps or a third of the snaps in a game. It's not going to be any different in Arizona. Yeah. He's going to be a situational pass rusher if he goes to Arizona and he sticks it out there. Uh, where are we at in the list, man? We, I don't know how the hell we ended up with Suggs talking about Eric Berry, but, uh, we're talking about players that are old. Uh, we're on we're on number two. So let's uh, go ahead and talk about Ziggy Ansah. I'll go ahead and start it off this time. Yeah, go ahead. I'm surprised that Ziggy Ansah is still a free agent at this point. Health appears to be an issue for Ziggy as he missed most of last season with a shoulder injury. When he returned, he re-aggravated it and sat out the rest of the season. He was operating under the franchise tag and was guaranteed $17.5 million for the 2018 season. The Lions didn't feel he was completely healthy, and uh, he, they decided to uh, part ways with him this offseason and not offer him a long-term contract. Ziggy has a better shot at being signed this offseason season than Sue does, in my opinion. Every team needs edge rushers. One isn't enough. Keep an eye on the Kansas City Chiefs this offseason as a landing spot for Ziggy. They have over $22 million in cap space. They cut Justin Houston, traded D Ford to the San Francisco 49ers, and they need help. They are currently void of pass rushers, and uh, Ziggy could fill one of the voids left at outside linebacker if he could stay healthy. Um, I don't disagree with that. I just disagree with the team. I think your overall assessment of the players, right? Um, I think it speaks volumes that somebody who um, turned out the numbers that he did in the first couple years of his career was not re-signed. Um, and I think that that uh, other, other managers and coaches in the NFL are looking at that and wondering why. Uh, and it's clearly got to be health with them. Um, you know, he's a defensive end over 30, which uh, anytime you have that, you're, you're somebody special if you, if you can keep going much past that. So could be a matter if he wants a lot of money. Um, the team I see him going to, once again, I've already called this team's name once, the Oakland Raiders. Um, I think that they still need pass rushers and they need them badly. Uh, John Gruden is making it pretty clear that uh, he wants to compete this year. He's came out and said a lot about his moves in the offseason. He has to do something about the pass rush. And if he doesn't, they're once again going to be the Cleveland Browns of the NFL. That's not fair. You already picked the Oakland goddamn Raiders. Hey, sometimes you got to do it. Boo. All right. There's one left on the list. You want to take it? Uh, Dominican Sue, the guy who is known as one of the biggest assholes and dirtiest players in the entire NFL. Uh, his career has gone that way from stomping Aaron Rodgers in the dick to kicking people in the face on the field. Um, he was told by other dirty players to tame it, to tone it down. I remember hearing Heinz Ward uh, on TV talking about him one time, telling him to tone it down or he was going to get kicked out of the league. Uh, surprisingly, maybe this is what getting old did to him, but he's calmed down. 
He has not been a problem. Um, and I honestly think he quietly had a really, really good season with the Rams last year. Um, I think he's proven he can still get to the quarterback. I think that he is very good at, st- at stuffing the run, eating space, and I think he's still very athletic. That being said, he's been with the Lions, the Dolphins, and last year, the Los Angeles Rams. I see one of two things happening with this player. Um, I think that he's either going to stay with the Rams, he will get re-signed, which I think is the least likely of the two. Uh, The number one choice that I think is I think that he will go to the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Seahawks need some help stopping the run. I think that they need uh, defenders that can stay on the field, and I think that they need help getting to the quarterback a little bit. Uh, Their defense has has completely fallen off over the past couple seasons, but I feel that Dominican Sue can serve a need on that team and probably get a one-year contract just like he did last year. I think he got a prove-it contract from the Rams, and I think he proved it. Now, I don't disagree with you for uh, reasons that he's he's a, he's a fit for that type of scheme, for the Seattle Seahawks scheme. But there's another team out there who has a very similar scheme that runs a 4-3 defense that I think it would be much better fit for. So Sue will probably remain a free agent until the start of the season when a team realizes they have a shitty defensive line and need an upgrade that can rush up the middle, stop the run and sack the quarterback from the interior position. The Bengals could use some help at defensive tackle. They currently have over $23 million in cap space. They need someone to line up opposite Geno Atkins in the 4-3 defense, and that is a scheme that more naturally fits Sue. Having played in the 3-4 last year, he didn't exactly get his strides until late in the season and in the postseason. The team lost Vontaze Perfect and George Iloka this offseason and could use some star power on defense. Sue has been notoriously known as a dirty player and could and would fit the culture in the Cincinnati Bengals locker room. No, I could see that as a that's definite possibility as well, too, man. Um, and, you know, it, I had a hard time thinking here because I, I feel that he's still going to be with the Rams. I think that they want to keep him and I think that they'd be smart to keep him. Um You know, I think that that's a very likely scenario. But the two teams, it was like a coin flip between the Seattle Seahawks and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Cincinnati Bengals like pieces of shit. Apparently, we saw it with uh, Pac-Man Jones, Vontez Perfect. We saw that for years and years. Actually, I recall, didn't Dominican Sue tell call Vontez Perfect a dirty player? Hello, Pod. My name's Kettle. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened like two years ago. Um, or a year ago. I, I think it was two seasons ago where, where Dominican Sue did. I, I I think that Dominican Sue is a fucking wrecking ball, man. When he came out, when he came into the NFL his first couple of years, I was disappointed in his behavior and disappointed in his attitude. But the guy has been very good. Um, can I step away from the top ten and talk about a running back for a second here? Sure, feel free. Has no one signed Jay Ajayi yet? No one has signed Jay Ajayi yet. Uh, Jay Ajayi was a uh, free agent coming off of the Philadelphia Eagles roster. He's 26 years old. Yep. He was hurt last year. And the year before, he blew it up in Philly. And he was sick in Miami. Um, I I have a a landing spot for him, man. I really think that we will see him with the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Um, They have Connor, who's hurt, who finished the season hurt, who proved to be a weapon. Um but I think that Jay Ajayi reminds me a lot of that LeGarrette Blunt style that the Pittsburgh Steelers loved when they had LeGarrette Blunt. And I think that Jay Ajayi would be a good fit with that team. And it is not going to shock me to see them bring him in after losing Le'Veon. 
I can honestly see him going to the LA Rams. That's a good good call too, man. I really can see good that call. just because of the fact that we don't know what's going to happen out in LA. I mean, if CJ Anderson now that he's uh, with the Detroit Lions, they don't have anybody to back up uh, Todd Gurley at this point. So what's going to happen there? I don't know. They're gonna. I think they're probably going to draft somebody. They're going to need to. Um, do you think it's odd that there's just no wide receivers available? Just none. Oh, there's one, but he's kind of got some issues right now. Who's that? Des Bryant? No, Demarius Here. Thomas. Yeah, well, Demarius Thomas, I, I, he's one that needs to hang it up too. I think that you know he. I, I was I was kind of pumped to see him go with Houston because I like to see that guy win. He's been a class act his whole career, but. I'll tell you what sucks, man. It, to see him go down with an injury like that that may have ended his career because people not, might not even reach out to him this season. There's a strong possibility that's not going to happen. But uh, at the same time, he had some issues in the offseason that are pretty much solidifying his position of not being. Oh, accepted. shit. What did he do? Uh, I don't get a DUI or something. Demarius Thomas. Oh. Can you spell that? No. <laughs> Thank, Thank God, God for, for autocorrect. Reinvigorated. By, uh, arrested for vehicular assault after a rollover crash. So in other words, he got fucked up and did something dumb in his car. Pretty much. So Listen, we know a guy who's done this numerous times. <laughs> On a Tuesday night. Yes. At three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think that that's going to seal anything for him. I, I think that what I think that the disciplinary items that seal it for players right now are domestic related, like domestic violence. And, and, and I don't disagree. I think it should. It should seal their fate when you see these like sexual assault, domestic violence, things like that. I think that somebody going out and getting a DUI um, vehicular assault is probably similar. Um, in terms of the way the NFL views that, um, those, those I feel like are, well, they're still crimes. I feel like they're everyday things that are pretty common to happen. I think if he'd had five DUIs, I think it'd be an issue. Um, I think that he's been problem free his whole career and no, they've not really had any issues with him, at least. And I didn't, I don't know about this. So, um, that doesn't mean I'm right. So, but I, I don't really see that hurting him. I think his injury paired with his age are going to hurt him the most. But I'd hate to see his career end like that because he quietly had a really, really good career. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, number 38 on the list here. I need you to come up on the fly with a spot for him because you own his jersey. So uh, 39? No, 38 Max Williams? on my list. Yeah, Max Williams had 38. Um, I got him at 39. I have uh, Alan Bailey at 34, at 38. And it looks like it refreshed ever since they pulled uh, CJ Anderson. Okay. Uh, Max Williams. Um, I liked him coming out of college a lot. Um, I liked the draft pick. I I liked the pick when we made it. Um, I think that as a Raven, John Harbaugh is notorious for not, um, and his staff has been notorious with not using people correctly. Um, We've seen it with uh, a lot of their draft picks. We saw it with, with even Torrey Smith, uh, who wasn't a great player, but we saw Chris Moore. Look how long we've seen them just not use him. And we've seen him make plays in games, and then they use him less and less and less. Um, Max Williams had an injury his first season, which I think held him back. Um, I, I think it was a mistake for Baltimore to sign uh, Nick Boyle over him. 
this year. I think Max Williams was more productive than Nick Boyle last year. Um, Max Williams is a guy that they've been able to throw into the fullback role and have him do things. Um, he's been a disappointment as far as catching the ball, but then again, he's not getting targets. Um, if you watch him in college, he's a big time over the middle guy. He played, played very similar to Gronk, but not on the same level that Gronk did. Gronk is clearly a better tight end than Max Williams. And I I wouldn't even put them in the same category. Um, I think wherever he goes, if they use him for his strengths, which is catching the ball and, uh, blocking in the backfield. Uh, We saw a lot of that this year with uh, Lamar Jackson. We saw him make some pretty nasty blocks and he's, I think he's the better blocking tight end out of, if you were to look at uh, Nick Boyle and uh, him and Nick Boyle, who's the other fucking guy, uh, Nick Boyle, Max Williams, uh, Hurst and the other guy, Andrews. uh, Andrews that they had. I think out of all of those tight ends, I would put them in this order. Andrews, I would go Andrews, Williams, Hurst, and Boyle. So I'm not understanding why Baltimore went and signed uh, Boyle for this, what, $6 million a year extension or whatever. Um, I'm going to agree that, to disagree with you on this. I think that Nick Boyle, but, honestly, is the better blocker, to be honest with you. Well, I don't think Nick Boyle brings shit to the table, and I don't. I, I don't think he's the better blocker. I, and they can't line Nick Boyle up as as a fullback and use him in that role either. And that's what they did a lot with Max Williams with, which was really good for the RPO because they were doing a lot of strange things with him there, which I thought fit. Um, I don't think he's going to be with the team this year. I, I, I'm still not convinced they're not going to re-sign him. I still think they might. Um, he could probably get a veteran minimum contract or something, you know, somewhere close to that. I don't really see other than that. I mean, I think that some teams might kick the tires on him again. The new England Patriots could, I know they were high on him in the draft. Um, and there was a lot of, you know, speculation before the draft that they were going to take him and they didn't. Um, I remember the Ravens moved up in the second round to take him. Uh, we drafted Brashad Perriman over him. If you recall, um, which was a ter- another terrible fucking move, but um, I think that's a possibility. I think that the Raiders need a tight end. There's a possibility. Um, Green Bay could be a good possibility for him. Um, you know, and honestly, I know Joe Flacco liked him a lot. He could he could end up in Denver uh, if he gets a word from his quarterback. I mean, I think it's a tough call with him. I mean, I think he's going to get signed to some team. He's also a big contributor on special teams, which I know a lot of people like. Um but Nick Boyle is also a big contributor on special teams. I don't think it's $6 million a year worth of contribution uh, on special teams. But um, I think somebody that values somebody who's a sure tackler on special teams, somebody who can catch the ball over the middle and somebody that can block um, and just be consistent. I don't think that he's the biggest playmaker in the world. I think he would be a great fit with New England because of the way they like to use their tight ends, with which is a lot of just uh, throwing straight over the middle, straight into traffic. Somebody who's big and go up and get the ball I think that he'd be a great fit there I think even more so than Austin Safari and Jenkins to be honest with you all right now you're just drinking the Kool-Aid um no I'm not I I just think that I think that he brings to the table exactly what they want he might not be as dynamic and have as much of a wide range as somebody like Jenkins would be in terms of catching the ball but I think that there's I think that with what the Patriots do with tight ends I think that Max Williams fits that bill really well I got a place for him. It's not the New England Patriots. 
I say that he goes to Atlanta because Matt, Matt Ryan has not had a tight end that could help since Gonzalez. It's true. I, I could see that too. I, I I think he's the type of player that he's not he's not going to command much. So I feel like he could probably there's there's really a possibility that he could land anywhere, if that makes sense. I mean, you know, I don't think that any team stands out more than the others. The only reason that I say the Patriots, he'd be a very very good. I think that he would be a very good fit with. I'm not saying he would be his best with that team. I think he would be a good fit just because of that over the middle presence that he, that he can bring to the field. And he never did that much with the Ravens, but the Ravens also don't run that, that type of play, you know, when they're, they're doing a lot of checkdowns and when they're doing over the middle stuff, uh, it's just incomplete passes to deep threat receivers that are just for some reason running short routes in the middle. Well, we're going to see how this offseason shakes out. We've got some landing spots. we got some retirement announcements, apparently. So um, I'm looking forward to this offseason uh, going into the draft. Uh, there's a lot of potential in this draft this year. Maybe we'll do an episode on that coming Is up. Is the draft on my birthday this year? What's the date of the draft? Fuck if I know, dude. Why are you I'm looking it up, man. Come on. <sighs> I'm, doing, I'm doing my research. God damn, you suck. NFL draft. You're slow. I already got it. I already got it, man. It's April 25th. It's on my fucking birthday. It's on a Thursday this year? God damn it. Yeah, Thursday, April 25th. Hmm. And it ends that Saturday. That is my birthday. So everybody listening in podcast land, that is my birthday. I require things. And stuff. And stuff. And things with stuff. And stuff with the things. Yes, he he accepts cash, credit, and full frontal nudity. Just keep that in mind. Yes. All right. I think that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this week. Uh, We've gone over a lot of different NFL topics, and uh, I'm hoping to do some more next week. Uh, Maybe we'll do a little uh, draft talk with whoever my fucking guest is going to be next week. Who who knows at this point? Chad, I really appreciate you coming on the show as always. Anytime, brother. Uh, if, if you can uh, find it in your schedule and your busy ass chef schedule to come back on, I would love to have you again. Yeah, let's do it soon. Let's uh, maybe, maybe let's try to see if we can do something before the draft or even after the draft or during the draft. Even, I mean, I'm good with that. Um, like I said, I won't be doing anything uh, at, at my age. My birthday means I like to sit around and do nothing if I get the opportunity. So I'm going to try to line it up to where I can sit around and do nothing. So maybe we could try to do something like that. You know, the original concept for this uh, podcast was we used to do a Facebook live every Saturday. Maybe we could uh, go back to the old format and do a Facebook live for the draft. Hey, I'm game. It'll be a lot of fun. That's uh, that was one of the original things that we did. And I enjoyed that a lot. I don't know about you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we uh, and until people started trying to bid on your couch. Yeah. And, you know, come viral <laughs> sensations. Shit happens, man. But um, I, like, like I said, appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll uh, we'll be talking soon. And Faptors, thank you very much for reporting in this week. And I will be seeing you all in the near future. Big thanks to Chef Chad Wells for coming back on the show once again. Uh, one of my good friends in life and one of the guys who actually helped me in the pre-early uh, podcast back when we were doing it on a Facebook Live page. So until uh, next week, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for coming back and listening to the show. Like, subscribe, uh, share it with your friends, tell everybody about it, tell your grandma, do whatever you got to do. Let's get this thing going again. Let's get this thing going worldwide. I've already uh, taken a look at some of the numbers and hell, we got people in sweden listening to the show canadians are listening and it's 
it's starting to get out there and reach. So try to get that uh, word out as much as you possibly can, and we'll continue to bring this on as much as we possibly can. I'll see if I can get one episode a week, maybe two episodes occasionally, uh, see what we could do with that. We're also looking to do some Facebook Live stuff, so keep that in mind for the future. And uh, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, and y'all have a great week.